Hey guys, what is going on? And it is your host, The Apothecary, today. And without further ado, let's get on to our next episode. For today, it's going to be more cry, or should I say, war cry. Um, for today, we're going over how relative it is to Mordheim and how, in my personal opinion, I believe they are putting the nail into the coffin on Mordheim to never revisit it again. Um, and unfortunately, I'm a huge Mordheim fan, and this new rendition of it is not my slice or cup of tea. It feels very oversimplified to me. Um, there were a f there are a few changes to it that I find very appealing, but overall in concept, it's not my uh, thingy. Now, uh, I want to go over, I'm going to be going over the rules and how they relate to each other. I'm going to go over how... Um, exactly Warcry works in general. This is a specialist game podcast, so we're going to be talking about what Warcry War is. Um, and also, from now on, uh, I want to know, let you guys know it will be every fortnight, our episodes, because I want to be able to put in my all into each episode, and I really appreciate you guys being there for me and hearing me and listening to me. Um, and without further ado, we'll really get into these well. Uh, at the end of our shows, we will now have an as prescribed segment where I will go over and give you some very <coughs> good um, advice for random specialist games. And with that, you'll find that out as we get on to that part in our segment. But without further ado, let's jump into Warcry. So, Warcry is, I think, in layman's terms, or. Uh, a pit fighter combat game. It is smaller than Mordheim. It's about two foot by three foot on a standard game. And as the host in the uh, introductory to Warcry explains it, it, you can have this simply put on a coffee table. It's a coffee table battle kind of game. Like, hey, I got some models in my pocket. Let's throw it in here while I'm having a cup of tea, right? <laughs> I mean, okay. Sounds good. We'll see how that goes. As I go ahead and start knocking miniatures over when I go to eat my morning peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, in, in reality, this game is a very up-close and personal combat game. And I don't feel like it replaces Mordheim. However, there are many things they say that I pretty much am convinced that they are using it to replace Mordheim. I think on its own, if I... Put Mordheim to the side, this seems like a very interesting game. Um, the problem is, it is an Age of Sigmar universe, and I think that's exactly why they're putting this in. Because they're purposely making it a lot more different than Mordheim while keeping it close to Mordheim. So they can be like, look, this is the Age of Sigmar version of Mordheim, and we are done with the fantasy realm, the fantasy universe. They kind of let it slide with Blood Bowl, but even now, with their extended uh, teams on their My Dugout app. I feel like they are trying to swerve that into the Age of Sigmar universe. Um, that'll be held for another discussion at another time. However, so all in all, I cannot see Mordheim coming back into view with this. Um, another thing is, uh, especially they have the Untamed Beasts Warband. And let's put a keyword on this. This is Warband. Like, they use the word warband. So, I mean, it's 
there's war bands in Mordheim. Now there's war bands in Warcry. Um, now, once again, I don't want to go ahead and focus on the consistencies between the two pieces until I finally start describing Warcry. So without further ado, let me go ahead and get into that. So Warcry, once again, is like this pit fighter combat game. You both develop different war bands um, relative to the stats on fighter cards, which are kind of similar to the new Age of Sigmar rule sets, and they have different given point values in which you add up to have a relatively equal warband size that you fight against. Um, each figure has three main different values, the movement number, the toughness number, and the wounds number, and that is it. Um, once again, this is where you can see how oversimplified these rules are. It's move, toughness, wounds. Um, they are, uh, toughness dictates if a attack ends up doing more or less damage, or, or, not more or less, um, how high you have to roll in order to damage an opponent, um, and then your weapons are given to you on the fighter card. Uh, compared to old school... Uh, even like skirmish battles in 40k, skirmish battles in fantasy battles, Mordheim, Necromunda. I'm not a big fan of this new change. It gives you the weapons right from the get-go and you use them. There's no modifications to your miniatures. You just go ahead and do it. And that's... I'm not a big fan of, in my personal opinion. I feel like it loses the whole role-playing aspect of it. Like, you are given this random character and you can't really build much of a story because it's just all right there unless you had a human warrior with a crossbow and a mace and that was it and that's it you got that and if you don't you're kind of you're kind of pooped you know it's like i feel like you build people around different s settings and styles like in uh for instance uh 40k when i did my skirmish battles like i had like a like psychotic space marine dude who constantly held a plasma cannon and you know like that gives a meaning to him but small thing that maybe other people aren't uh, are are okay with i personally don't like being forced and losing that customization ability even without the art role-playing aspect i mean it's just i can't have a skirmisher with a sword i must have them with that flail you know, it's it's not my cup of tea. Um, however, okay, uh, each weapon has strength values, which dictate if you have to hit on threes or fours or fives, etc. Um, how many dice are rolled are dependent on the attack value of that weapon. So now no longer is it geared towards each weapon has its own value. Now each weapon has its own dice value. Uh, one thing that I do enjoy about this is, on these cards, there is move, okay, how much you move, toughness, okay, how strong you are against attacks, but wounds, and I think this is really cool, and adds a little bit of tact to the game that wasn't there before, originally, it dictates how many hits you obviously take, how much damage you take, uh, and I think that's kind of cool. Um, is that 
the wounds are increased exponentially. It's like now instead of one wound, it's like seven or eight or 18 wounds. It's a lot uh, different. You take damage a lot faster in this uh, version of the game. Each uh, weapon can like deal four, like two to four damage per hit. Uh, so it's interesting how that works, and I feel like it kind of incorporates a different kind of strategy. I think it's interesting, I think it's cool, and I feel like it makes things a bit more exact towards a character. Whereas, like, in Mordheim, if you had an archer, a weak, whimsly archer with a dagger and a bow, right? He had the one wound just as your strong champion, and... That just seems a little silly, in my opinion. So I feel like that was a nice change. Um, games, now, getting into the scenarios and how they're played out. Uh, games are dictated through random choice cards. Now, I think there's some positives and negatives to this um, compared to other games uh, prior to this, years prior. Um so you get random scenarios and so you have a terrain card a deployment card a victory card and finally a twist card which is similar to the like weather or untimely scenarios in mordheim or the weather rolls in blood bowl or kind of like the random encounters in necromunda um it's but i feel like improved this is an improvement I feel. Um, there's a terrain card, which is very unique, and I find this really cool in that it forces you to go ahead and play with different kind of aspects. Um, however, I'll give you my opinion on how to house rule this, and I feel like a lot of people will do this, because not everyone wants to use the exact same terrain when they're playing this game. So the terrain cards show like a little map on them, and it tells you how to place terrain. So perhaps uh, you are defending and you're behind this big tall barricade. Okay, and it tells you to put the walls here on the right corner and then there's just a bunch of rubble all the uh, through the other two-thirds of the map on the left. So what I would, in my case, house rule for this is, okay, well, I don't want to use the wall terrain. I have my own pre-built terrain. I have my own cool terrain with homes and stuff. Well, then I will focus on the right one-third of the map uh, quite a bit of terrain that's lined as in a wall, and then I will put my own rubble and scenery on the left side, similar to how they dictate on the map. Uh, just kind of follow the rule set of that thing, like eyeball it, but with your own kind of terrain. I feel like that would do just as good with while allowing you to keep your own old school or cool terrain that you might think is even better, which most likely is. I mean, when you see some of these pre-built terrain, it's, it's beautiful. Um, now, let's go ahead and get into the deployment card. Now, deployment uh, dictates how your fighters are set. And this is something that is also the same in Mordheim. So this is not something out of the blue, different, and unordinary. It is rather a unique um, or relative idea in the specialist games category. Um, if you're pitted right against each other face-to-face, -face, or if your warband is spread out, 
and too thin, and your other people are concentrated, ready to spearhead you. Now, an interesting thing of this is, I feel like if you get the perfect set of cards, <laughs> one warband is way better off than the other. Because if you get one terrain that dictates it's a defendable spot, and then uh, the other warband gets deployment where he's set about in this rubble part all spread out, it's like, oh man, like I'm just going to get shot to poop right here. Especially if the victory objective, now we're going to get into the victory cards, is uh, get this piece of treasure right behind the very fortified barricade. Well, then you're going to have a very uphill battle in that uh, aspect. So, victory cards dictate the objective. Perhaps defeat the other warband, or collect so many treasures on the map. Uh, that the it is the standard victory condition of which you must achieve in the game. It's very simple, um, and that's about it. Uh, the twist cards are the special rules. Now, one of them that they premiered was if a model has more than one wound, add one strength to that model's strength. Um, which, okay, you know, very, very simple, cool, um, but that's exactly what it is, it's, it adds a little additional rule to that one game session, um, interesting, um, and, yeah, that's it, there's not much else to say about that portion of it. Now, getting into the core mechanics of the game, they have dictated three phases. A hero phase, a reserves phase, and a combat phase. Um, the reserves phase they never touched up upon uh, in the video. Um, it's going to go ahead, we can go ahead and delve more into that once that game actually comes to be and is released. However, the hero phase is dictating essentially initiative, where you roll dice that if you have doubles, triples, or quadruples, you can use later on to activate special abilities that are game changers. Um, and if you don't get them, you're more likely to win the initiative. So the more singles you have, non-doubles, triples, quadruples, the more likely you are to gain the initiative, which means you get to move a character first. Um... The combat phase is similar to other games where you just go into either shooting or close combat. So you don't get a close combat and a shooting phase in this. Uh, you get either a shooting or close combat phase. Uh, whatever you want to use. So now also, critical hits are now determined per the weapon rather than a critical hits table. Um, something... That is interesting is that, once again, critical hits we is relative to Mordheim, you know, right? We have critical hits in Mordheim, except it is dictated by a critical hit table, uh, but it is very similar. Critical hits deal, in most cases, twice the amount of wounds. So, okay, that's very easy to go by. Um... Another thing to add is in the combat phase or the movement, um, 
uh, com or hero phase, you can go ahead and if you have doubles, you can use a doubles ability. Now triples means that you had to have rolled obviously three of the same number, where you're rolling six dice and you have a wild dice, which is like a special ability where you can add to either a set of doubles, a set of triples, to make it quadruples, or to make a doubles triples, um, or to add a one to win the initiative. Uh, and the thing with that, once again, is this is a special ability that can only be used once, so use it wisely. Now, there are four different kinds of actions you can do. You can move, you can attack, you can disengage, and you can wait. Each character can use two of these actions. Um, waiting allows you to wait. You literally do pretty much nothing. Disengaging is a new, and I feel this is interesting. Um, I feel like this is something that should have been included in more time. The thing is, disengaging keeps a realm of realism. The thing is, sometimes you might just want to disengage, depending on the tactical advantage of it. I mean, these people are, a lot of the times, like, I mean, like, trained soldiers. I mean, they will not just be like, I must attack you. Like, if they know that it's for the betterment of the cause, they might risk getting hit by a sword in order to go ahead and help out in the back or the front of the battle. I mean, that's just very simple crud that isn't always uh, uh, debated. Uh, so, yeah. Um, attack phase is obviously attacking your person, the person you're attacking. Um, and movement is moving. Now, one thing that they went ahead and said is you can leap uh, or climb over gaps or obstacles, which is interesting. And uh, that is about the, uh, the... Oh, so they have this thing called Chaotic Beasts, which has not been delved too much into. There, It is like the biggest reason the whole campaign is that you can go ahead and tame these beasts. I feel like, okay, so now we've entered the realm of Age of Sigmar Warhammer into Age of Pokemon. I mean, literally, this is a constant in these games? Uh, question mark? I mean, is that something that always happens as you have chaotic beasts throughout every game? Like, if so, that's kind of weird. I mean, that is something that happens as, like, just, like, a random encounter in most specialist games. So, I'm a little thrown off by this one, um, quite honestly. I think it's cool, in a way, but at the same time, I'm like, meh. Like, I feel like I'd rather play a couple games without chaotic monsters. Like, it's cool and all, but the thing is, I don't want to deal with it all the time. <laughs> that's my own opinion. Um, but, however, now, once again, in these special rules, you can go ahead and tame these monsters to add to your war band. And then, the they are super powerful creatures, um, I guess, that can be used in your fight. Which kind of feels weird, especially if you're playing a... So, the way Warcry, um, creates its platform of war bands is you have Chaotic... Warbands, you have lawful warbands, you have neutral warbands, and you have destructive warbands. Um, so if you're playing a lawful warband, I just I can't see you using a demon of chaos as a tamed like 
Suedo Pokemon to go ahead and attack other people. It just it just doesn't sound right. I'd rather I don't know recruit the local baker and have him throw some French baguettes <laughs> at my enemies. I don't know. It seems that 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 seems more <laughs> lawful. I don't, right? Um, but so yeah, that that is War Cry so far. I'm interested to see what turns out about it. I myself. I feel like it's too oversimple, simplified. You have three statistics, move, toughness, and wounds. That's it. No strength, no agility. I mean, there's there's not as much complication to it. And I understand because the thing is nowadays everyone is so jump in on a video game and play it. And so they want to go ahead and just jump in on things and play the game and, and learn it in like 12 seconds. But the thing is, I feel like you lose a lot of your consumer base. Me personally. Personally, I may get the base set, but then I don't think I'll actually end up purchasing any more into this game. Um, you're gonna lose me, but maybe uh, you know, maybe that's the tactic. Maybe you know, I mean, is that you're gonna get a bunch of people that want to play the base set, and you'll get a few people, you know, quite a bit of people that want to just keep on playing it that way. I could understand that. <laughs> Not my cup of tea, though. I'm a guy who plays BattleTech. I like to play all the weird rules where, like, if my if my pilot is knocked unconscious, I can't operate the vehicle and I have to do a pilot test and all these other things. Uh, if I'm stepping into tough grass, you know, if I use the special rule for that, then I might burn the grass and then end up damaging me. Like, there are so many rules to BattleTech, it's unbelievable. Um, so, when you go ahead and oversimplify things to me, I'm like, eh. I like the realism. I like the, the the fear factor of things. And it kind of loses my interest at that point. Uh, now, let's go ahead and jump into how this game is essentially Mordheim. And how it's most likely going to go ahead and replace it. So, um, as stated, they have an Untamed Beast Warband. What is that? Beastman. That is a Beastman Warband. Right there in there. It's not too hard to really figure out. Um, coffee table table battles. I mean, Mordheim was made to be a small scale Warhammer battle. Um, they have things critical hits. That's something that's relative to Mordheim. If you get a perfect hit, it's a critical hit. Um, leaping over gaps, climbing, and oh my God, not to get sorry about the terrain. Look at all the bridges. That is a big Mordheim kind of thing. They don't have just bridges uh, over things in other specialist games. Like like that, the plank bridges that you walk over. That is very Mordheim-esque. And so they definitely are using that in it. Uh, climbing is a big thing. Uh, leaping over gaps, once again, is a big thing. So, I mean, it is definitely looking like they are doing this and a key word biggest thing about this video um if you watch the introductory to Warcry, and i feel like this is the most important thing to show you that mordheim is now officially dead via games workshop in my personal opinion is that when they went over the twist cards they said now a new special rule to the game okay new quote new special rule so it's like they're saying as opposed to Mordheim, we have a new special rule, the twist cards. And so, I feel like that was the big n nail in the coffin. And that they're not going to touch up on it. And you guys can feel free to disagree. Please send me a message. Um, 
uh, and, and feel free to comment, subscribe, whatever you want to do to go ahead and let me know. Uh, hit me up on my Facebook or my Instagram uh, to let me know your opinions on this. I would really love to know. But I feel like at this point, they are trying to really overload this as the new Mordheim in that retrospect. So, uh, without further ado, that that is that. Um, Mordheim seems interesting. I do like a couple of the warbands. Now we have, like, Lawful Dark Elves. Like, that's interesting. That's cool. That's an interesting warband to go by. Um, the Destructive Forces are literally only Goblin Kin and Orcs. So, I feel like we were a little slighted in that. I really hope if this turns off, even if I don't like it, for the other people who do enjoy this, I really hope they do more to the warbands than just Orc and Goblinkin in the destructive sector. I would like to see, I don't know, maybe some like really psychopathic high elves or something. Ah, whatever. Whatever it can be. Um, I noticed in the Chaos warbands... They're literally all humans, and it kind of, and and the thing is, Mordheim was the same way. You have most human warbands, is most of what everything is, so I get it, um, but they seem very vanilla humans, like different bands of angry people. <laughs> Bunch of crazy psychopaths worshipping the Chaos Gods, like, okay, okay, cool, whatever, um, I think an interesting aspect of this, something that uh, Mordheim didn't do well at the beginning, was implementing orcs right at the beginning. That's a cool in uh, uh, inclusion. They do did get orcs later on, so a plus for that. However, um, with the rest of it, I uh, you know I think that's a, that I think they have a really solid starting. Roster. You have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Roughly 15 warbands as opposed to the 6 that would have came in Mordheim at the beginning. I feel like that is a smart idea um, to go with. It's definitely an interesting way to go. Um, now to go on with our next <laughs> um, segment. You have the Apothecary's prescription as prescribed you're gonna go ahead and get uh for this prescription is for blood bowl so my really bad <laughs> advice for today would be if you're doing a shambling undead warband i would start with seven skeletons and seven zombies and include six rerolls now the tactic with this one you know is well well apothecary how how does this work how how do you win games well first off you might throw your opponent off so much that they won't know your tactic you have to half the battle is looking very very confident about you winning that game and so when they look at you with your seven skeletons and your seven zombies, they think that you have the best plan to go ahead and beat their team. And you just very well might, right? Um, hopefully, <laughs> you'll get some extra inducements so you can throw in some star players. But if you don't, that means you have seven very fast blitzers with that movement allowance of five on your skeletons. And always know that they're much less likely to get knocked out 
so that they can go ahead and wake up and pick up that ball after getting knocked down with that phenomenal agility. I would definitely, on doubles, pick up sure hands. Um, and your zombies, let me tell you, you thought you had orc blockers as the best front linemen. Well, I kid you not, regeneration and armor value 8? Mm-mm-mm, you are going down for the count, sir. That is no win for you, win for me. Got three zombies on the line. I'm going to go ahead and walk around you guys to tangle you up while my skeletons run in for that touchdown. So, I'm telling you right there, and then you got six rerolls. That means six heads that are falling off can get picked back up with that skeleton's third arm and thrown right back on his head. And so with that... <laughs> That is the Apothecary's um, prescription for today. Um, I, <laughs> uh, this seems to be a very uh, interesting topic. I'm, interest, I'm excited to see where August brings us on the 3rd when Warcry finally comes out. Uh, I would love you guys to message me, tell me what you think. Um, if you'd like to go ahead, I really want some questions to go ahead and implement into my next podcast. I love the fan uh, factor in here. Um, it's just, it, it, you know, I, I really hope you guys can go ahead and expand on this podcast for me. Um, us at the Apothecary uh, really like doing this. We like going ahead and making it happen for you guys so please like subscribe and please message and comment i want to go ahead and include some more segments into this podcast that we can include next podcast i'm hoping to go ahead and talk about talisman and how exactly it is fun and good um and why it's such a nice introductory game and the do's and do nots for it so we'll keep up with that and I think that's about it. I really appreciate you guys. This was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a good time. And that's that. Warcry seems to be very interesting uh, with the terrain, uh, too, by the way, uh, as an addition. The Games Workshop add-ons, the terrain pieces, are going to be awesome. Even implemented the Mausoleum. Uh, an it seems like it's basically an updated version of the mausoleum from Warhammer Fantasy Battles, but it looks really cool. I would buy it. I, um, it's interesting. Uh, and so that's, I think, the biggest thing for Mordheim players is you're going to have some new terrain that you might be able to pick up. Uh, without further ado, I really appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. And this is the Apothecary signing off. <laughs>